Podcast. All right, for those of you who are hearing that beautiful voice next to my bombastic one, I'm going to have to talk softer talking to you. Hello, guys. I love your voice. <laughs> really? I feel I like a grown-ass man sometimes when I talk. No. Um, actress and life coach. Mm-hmm. I had to throw that in there because I yes. feel like people don't give you props enough for that. Uh, and all-around beautiful human being, Brittany S. Hall, is here with us today. Um, you are like, uh, how do I say this? Nia Long fine. Because mm. that's a very different kind of fine. Thank Don't act you. like it's the first time you heard it. Nia, I, I, I love, love I love it. when pretty people act surprised. Like me? I'm pretty? No, it was like the Nia Long fine. I have never got that one. You've before. never gotten that before. Mm. I usually get compared to Angela a lot, which absolutely. I absolutely love. She was like an Oof. idol for me growing up. I love her ability to show like strength, grace, vulnerability, and like all of the, the complexity of like a woman. I love that. But no, you are if an Angela Bassett and Nia Long had a baby. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be their child. Thank you. Everybody Everybody who's listening right now is now running to YouTube like, I want to put this girl look like. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. Now, there's so many things I want to talk to you about the spiritual realm because mm-hmm. that's where you and I connect as people. Mm-hmm. But I understand optics. They're going to want us to talk about Hollywood first. Okay. We're going to get that out the way. Okay. So no disrespect to everybody. We're going to get that out the way. State the obvious and then talk about the stuff that I really care about because I want to ask you about the toad. Let's do it. Yeah, I have questions. I got you. Because I'm ready for an- another awakening. I feel like we're always awakening. All right. So... I heard, first heard of you in D.C., actually. Mm-hmm. If you saw my phone number, it's a D.C. I, number. I noticed that. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, she's going to judge me. Like, girl, why do you got a 202 number? Yeah, I have a D.C. number still. I love that. D.C. has my heart because I was there for 12 years as an adult. Mm. So I feel like D.C. was like the first home that I chose. I mean, New York, I lived in New York for a while. Yeah. New York beat my ass. Did it? Uh, well, I ain't gonna lie. New York beat my ass. New York beat your ass on purpose. Yeah. And then make sure you wear a shirt that says, I love you. But I got to go back and like it really enjoy it last year. Yeah. So when you don't have trauma and a little bit of money mm-hmm. and you could actually nice. buy groceries, oh, New York is lovely. real nice when you can pay for groceries. Oh, New York is life when you can afford it. Yeah. That's a big if. That's a big old <laughs> if. Like, I could fly if I had wings. Yeah. So, like, I saw, that, I, I looked you up because clearly I wanted to be nosed and do some research. I saw that you are, are you a, D- a DMV area native? Yeah. I was born in DC and I grew Grew really? up in D.C., Maryland, Forestville, Clinton, Upper Marlboro, Coward County. Like that's I such a transient place. That when you meet a D.C. native, you're like, they got natives. Mm-hmm. I think I knew about maybe six D.C. natives the entire twelve years I lived there. Really? Yeah, you guys are just like L.A. natives. It's hard sometimes hard to find L.A. natives or Atlanta, yeah. or New York. Like people who are from a place that's very pop- popular, they tend to give the transients the side eye. Yeah. No, I love. I absolutely love being from where I'm from. It it's, is it's such a, a beautiful, beautiful black piece. Such a beautiful melting pot. Mm-hmm. And I grew up mostly um, in Maryland, like right across the D.C. border. But D.C. was the place to go to party, to eat, to hang mm-hmm. out, everything. And I just feel like the culture, the lifestyle, the language, the music, everything's <laughs> like language. very, yeah. Mambo dude. sauce. Listen, when I get around my family. You have an accent? I, I know how to put it on. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I get, you know how, like, you know, people with accents get around their family and an accent comes out? Yes. I do that playfully with my cousins, but then it gets stuck. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think the DC accent actually is one thing, the Baltimore accent. Oh, boo. Don't, you. don't even get me started on the Baltimore accent because. I feel like the Baltimore accent. <laughs> That's how they to, talk. <laughs> the, like, the, the, use, the, use are, the, the use are very heavy. But the thing about Baltimore that I love is that it's like good working class people who mm-hmm. don't get enough credit. Mm-hmm. And I think I resonate with that so much because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm from Boston and there's a lot of Irish people there. And the Irish people there, they really be like, we don't get enough credit. We're good working class people. I'm like, I think the equivalent for me is like the people in Baltimore. Like, Baltimore is gorgeous. Yeah. But it's often used as like when president, former president, what's his face? El Cheeto 
was in office, he attacked places like Baltimore a lot. And I was like, yeah, you are in D.C. Do you know how close that is, sir? They could come find you. It's funny because when I tell people, like, yeah, I'm from Maryland, the first place they think is Baltimore. Yeah. But I grew up, like, like I said, closer to the D.C. side, which is basically an hour away. So Was it PG County? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to share. <laughs> I intentionally walked you into that, so thank you for walking yeah. into that. I'm going to mention Baltimore so she could be like, well, actually, because that's what the people, people in the area do, PG County is what Atlanta pretends to be. Really? Statistically speaking. Hmm. It has, I think, the highest capita of well-to-do black people in the country. Beautiful people too. ATL pretends, no offense ATL, y'all be pretending to have a coin, but the actual black bag is in PG County. And I lived in Atlanta too. I know you, girl, you did the whole East Coast. Yeah, I didn't do, the only place I haven't lived is Miami. I I feel like in the Carolinas. Well, actually I did live in They would love you in Miami. (laughs) Yeah, you think so? Girl, I just go to visit. Girl, you would have had, had you a couple of sugar daddies. All right, I need, I'm so excited to have this conversation. I need to pace myself because I want to talk to you about all the things. Okay. I kind of wish I had made this a two-hour interview, but I didn't want to burn you out. I got time. I love to talk. Really? And, yeah. I, and I really wanted to give you an excuse to come back. That's the thing that I like to do. Okay. Like a little mousse-bouche. Yes. You give the folks a little bit of a taste and then mm-hmm. they come back for more. Now, you were someone who clearly have the kind of presence that make you look like an actress. Oh, thank you. When did you discover that you actually might have an actress? talent to go with it because I want to shout out that you're not just a pretty face. Thank you. You have actual talent. I've seen you in so many things. There's a couple of roles that you have that I have I have questions about that moved me and triggered me. So mm. we'll, we'll get into that. But when did you have the acting bug in like a real way? My first role was Little Bo Peep in like kindergarten. I had it been like maybe four or five. <laughs> little Bo and Peep. I was telling people their lines. Like I was and you know we had little microphones on my mom list to tell a story. But um, I I was my mom's only child, and she uh, honestly wasn't even supposed to have me. Like, she, I'm a miracle baby. Unpack that. So, like, was it because she was older or she was told she couldn't it, have children? What it was had it? something to do with her tubes being closed or something. Oh, something. Got it. She actually got her the whole hysterectomy after she had me because it was like really affecting her health. Hmm. Um, but, you know, I wasn't supposed to be born. So, I ended up being the only child with my mother. I do have five sisters by my father, but I never grew up with them in the same household. Same. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. That's a wild thing to have in common. So, you were a miracle baby, and she birthed this like shining star who was running around little bo peep telling people how to do their lines. Yeah. And I, I was really good at being alone as a kid, like entertaining myself, like performing in my room. I, I don't I didn't mind being by myself as a kid. I did enjoy being around other kids. Like I'm kind of the same as an adult. Like yeah. I can enjoy the company of other people, but if you leave me by myself, I'll be fine. <laughs> what is in your chart? We do we do astrology here. Oh, let's do it. You're a Libra. I'm a Libra. I ain't son. never heard of Libra who does not need to be around people a lot. Really? So, well, I'm a Capricorn moon. Say less. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Capricorns will, will walk you to your car. <laughs> yeah, we'll be like, all right. So yeah, like thank, I'm a thank Capricorn. You for coming moon. Up. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know what your rising sign is? Aquarius. Oh, you're an alien. Yeah. You're a social... I'm very weird. You're an ambivert alien because yeah. the Capricorn makes you an introvert. The Libra makes you want to be around people. But a social little, butterfly. A little bougie about it, though. Mm-hmm. It's a bougie social butterfly. Oh, yeah. I'm very choosy with who I want to be around. Yeah. Libra is like a like a self-appointed VIP area. Uh, yeah, Where, wherever they go, it's VIP. Yes. So, like, you decided that you wanted to be an actress. And how did you go from that dream to making it a reality? Because you ended up on a mainstream, like, mainstream shows. Mm-hmm. And that trajectory... Statistically speaking, it's an anomaly, right? Let's be honest. We all know people who have big dreams. What was that point for you when you were like, oh, my God, I think I made it? Or have you even had that moment yet? I haven't had that moment. I hope I don't. 
Are you serious? Yeah, I don't want to have a moment where I, f- I don't think there's ever, now that I am where I am in my perspective of life, I don't know if making it will ever be a thing for me. I like the gradual climb and I just feel like it's just going to be just a journey for me and I don't yeah. ever want there to be a finish line. Like I remember someone said to me like, wow, you're you're so talented. I don't think you know how talented you are. And I said, I hope I don't because I like learning and I like discovering. And if I feel like I mastered something, then I might, you know, feel like I don't need to do anything else. And I yeah. don't want that. I, I call that the per- perpetual nine. Like on a scale of one to 10, I don't ever want to go past the nine. Because then what is there to reach for? Yeah. And also to people who, I, I've realized people who are talented tend to be, unmoved by it because they're doing what they love and it's almost like the acknowledgement is the icing and the ability to do it is what really makes them like feel like alive and I remember the first time I heard about you being on Ballers (laughs) and I felt a deep sense of so um she got to smell the rock (laughs) I never met him really no because all my scenes were always with JD I never really shot on the days like he had he wasn't roaming around doing push-ups no 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 he had specific days that he shot and like the way that we were shooting ballers is like when he shot, it was the day was all about his scenes and his shots. Uh, and then when I did my scenes, it was usually only the days where I'm shooting, you know, the storyline with JD. I love how you keep on saying JD. Can you please tell the audience? Oh, I'm JD? sorry. John David That's, Washington. Yes. The son uh, of, uh, yes. Yeah. First of all, John David Washington, before we even say whose son he is, because he's an amazing actor. Amazing. In his and own right. He's, he puts in like when I say they would be like cut mm-hmm. he would go to his cash chair pull out a journal and write about his character's thoughts like most of us would go get on our phone get our phones, <laughs> like, <Instagram's> like, a <laughs> like, like yeah that's a great great break but he he's continued to do the work and I feel like um for him it's really important for him to stand on his own. Yeah. And um, he does. Like, he truly Absolutely. does. And I'm not someone who's kind. Not, not, not saying I'm not kind. I'm not someone who is nice to people performatively just to be nice on optics. He is a beast of a talent. And a beast of a person. He's really? He's an amazing person. Oh, my God. Oh, humble, I love sweet, hearing that. Kind. Like, you know, not only... We know who his father is, but we should know who his mother is. Oh, can we put some respect on her name? Listen child listen and she's a libra really libras love me so i just be feeling at home with y'all Paula washington i'm a Taurus, and so i feel like Taurus and libra we're ruled by venus we understand each other yes we we, we don't like ugly energy yes we don't we get deeply offended by ugly. oh my god ugliness turns me off and i mean like not external like external energetic ugliness is worse than physical ugliness to me yeah but the, the funny thing about jd is the only time I think about his dad is because he sounds like Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah. If you it's just, the voice. Mm-hmm. If he didn't have that voice, I don't think I would ever even mention his dad. But it's like you close your eyes. You're like, wait a minute. At times he does. And you then turn when, it off? It, it's, I don't think it's a turn on and off. I think like sometimes his cadence sounds like his father's. And then Very much. there's other times where it's just like, oh, but I don't know. It's, it's sometimes and sometimes not. But it's not like an on and off switch he turns on and off. So that role to me was when I was like, oh my God, Brittany got money. She made it. Okay, girl. Like I was so happy. Like I was Thank I was you. geeked. And then you did this film and I, this is what I, I wanted to really sit with you with. Mm. It, it was right around, the, was it around the time when Ballers was ending? Was it rest, right I, around that same time? Uh, that it came out because the years seemed like they were they were just I think Ballers was like 2015 ish mm-hmm. 2019 ish and then in 2019 ish I'm saying ish but I think it, I think I'm correct there was a, a film called Test Pattern 
y'all the premise <laughs> you want to talk about triggered yeah a black woman for those of you who want an excuse to watch it, it's on amazon prime we like to plug things here please and go stars check it. it's really on stars it's now on stars. girl you better plug yeah it's about a, a black woman in an interracial relationship mm -hmm. and what happens when in the aftermath of her being sexually assaulted and having a white partner and I think in one of the promo clips that I saw, like it was like a promo and they had an Oscar Wilde quote that I've always quoted, you know, everything in life is about sex except for sex. Mm -hmm. Sex is about power. Yeah. Especially non-consensual sex, which by the way, guys, there's no such thing. That's a trick question. Non-consensual sex is just called rape, right? It's mm -hmm. just called assault. And what did it feel for you to have to live in a role like that? Because that's a heavy, heavy topic that touches, we all know somebody who's been through that or have been through it ourselves. Test pattern was... It affirmed and confirmed, like, the power of God and manifestation and a lot of things, but also the message and everything. But I got that role because the editor on Ballers was cool with the director of oh. Test Pattern. Her name's Shatara. And he knew that she was had this movie, and he was like, I really think you should check out Brittany Hall. She has good instincts, mm -hmm. which means a lot to me because we all know that editors on TV shows, they sit around, they watch us, they see you know, the, the footage before the raw footage. The raw footage. Yeah. So for him to be like, she has good instincts. And then the character, like the character I was playing on ballers, I didn't really get to expand and show what I could truly do, but yeah. he was still able to recognize what I could do and reached out to her. And she, de um, she emailed me and the email said, black female director in the title. And I was like, absolutely. Wow. That is, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes. And then she was like, Hey, you know, I heard about you through um, the editor from Ballers. I believe his name is Matt. Um, shout out to Matt. Shout out to Matt. <laughs> and um, I owe that man so much. Um, and she was just saying, like, I have this this script. Um, it was only 30 pages long. It wasn't even like a full oh. script. But I, she said, you know, she read it. I mean, she gave it to me to read. And I read it. And we ended up meeting for coffee. And to be completely honest... Um, when I first read this script was the first time that it opened a Pandora's box of the fact that I had experienced that myself mm. because I blocked it in my head and I took a lot of responsibility and things for what happened to me. So I didn't recognize it as an actual rape. Yeah, I recognize it as, oh, I drank too much. I fell asleep, woke up. Someone's on top of me. That's my fault. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... And I remember I sat at the table and I like cried with her and I was like, I, I, this is my first time that I realized this happened to me mm -hmm. and thank you for helping me realize this. And she offered me the role. A lot of the things in my career, like if you look at my um, Can we my have a resume. Tissue? Uh, <laughs> thank um, you. Is it possible to get tissues? Because I'm trying to hold it. <laughs> no, because what you said was so powerful because... You know that sh that that a show, I May Destroy You, right? With mm, Michaela Cole. Yes. Oh my gosh. I remember watching it and when I watched it, I was stunned that I didn't realize that taking off a condom was a form of sexual assault. Mm. Like, oh, sorry, do you mind handing it to us? I don't want to come out the frame, love. Um, I Thank didn't realize you. that it was a form of sexual assault when someone takes off a condom without consent. Mm. And I realized Thank also you. I had a couple of male friends who I made watch the show with me and they were like, Blue, I didn't realize I had been assaulted either. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times we don't even know what we're allowed to claim as a violation. So imagine you have a role that you're preparing for. You're like, wait. This is like a reflection. Yeah. How did you use that for your character? Because that that had to have been a heavy lift. You want to know full circle moment? Warner Lorben Studios is across the street. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I studied for the character for Test Pattern. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. I studied Look with at a woman God, named Amy because 
she, well, one, you know, I was looking at different techniques in acting and, you know, the substitution technique and everything like that. But the reason why that didn't work is because it hit too close to home. It hit too close to home for me to put myself in that place because I have been in that place and I actually didn't heal from that place. I'm actually just recognizing that I was there. Mm. So I can't really substitute my own reality, my own truth, because I felt like I would be living, I would be doing too much living in myself versus Mm. like honoring the character. And so there's so much integrity in you making that distinction. Oh, thank you. Because there are some people, no, no I'm not gonna name any names, who just bleed all over the screen. Oh yeah, it's not pretty. And I'm just like, can somebody check on her? Yeah. <laughs> After y'all yell, cut. Can somebody make sure that sis is okay? And the fact that you cared enough about your own emotional and mental health not oh. to do that, because that, that could have been. A cheap I had trick to do for it you. for safety reasons for my mental health, especially because yeah. I was like, I just, I knew that going through this experience, I know the the body keeps score it does right and i know going through this experience that things were going to be woken and like things like that but i did not want to be a mess and like be trying to heal or go through or process my own shit when i have work to do as an actress and honoring the character and i also had to learn how to not protect the character because of what I went through. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I read the script and I really had to ask Shatara, who's the director, like, why would she make this choice? Because I wanted to protect her from making that choice. So I'm trying to talk her out of right. making the choice. Like, she only kind of meant Yeah, it. like, she yeah. wouldn't get in the car after that, right? Yeah, she like, did. no, she, she, but she did. Yeah. And she yeah. had to help me understand so that I can live in that moment truthfully. So it's like putting your own ego aside to say, to take on the ego of the character. Yeah. And then after I was done with the movie, yeah, I went to therapy because it was it Ooh. opened up a lot of you know what's crazy? And I don't know if I ever talked about this openly, but my scenes um that I had with the char- you know, the actor who played the rapist, um I when we did our scenes, I had heartache. Mm. Like dead ass heartache. And it was like um it was like chest pains and it only happened on the day we shot the scenes. And I, and I realized I was like, that is some spiritual pain yeah. being awoken right there. Cause it was in my heart mm-hmm. and it, it was, it wasn't heartburn. It was some, something else. And I've never experienced it since. It was a soreness. Like, it, it was remembering. It was aching. Oh man. It was an achingness. And, um, how did you push through that to continue? Like, were you taking shallow breaths? Were you like, I'm gonna have to call my therapist right after this? I was taking breaths. I didn't have a therapist at the time we were filming. I didn't get into therapy until after, but I was just taking breaths and you know, they, I feel like that set, it was very supportive. It was a very, like, intimate set. So I think anytime, anytime I, there's a black woman at the helm, I, I assume to some degree that's going to be oh, baked in there. she gracefully ran that set and yeah. made a movie. Shatara is amazing, and she's an amazing storyteller. And, like, a lot of people don't realize that test patterns still remained a, a 30-page script. We... We acted out the rest of the story. Y'all felt your way through the rest of it. Yeah, she allowed us to. I mean, she trusted you guys. She trusted us very much so. And she gave us, like, you know, had us email each other and and characters, had us talk to each other and characters, had us walk through the home as though it's our home. And So you were building, like, a real intimacy? A real life for the characters. You know what I'm thinking as I'm hearing you talk about how many amazing actors I wish had been as, as intentional as you? Like, I think of Philip Seymour Hoffman or I think of, uh, um, what's the one that we love so much who was funny? Nanu Nanu. His name escapes me. Dead Poet Society. 
not Robin Williams. Yes, Robin Williams. Yeah. Like, there's so many amazing actors that I feel, even Heath Ledger, like, I felt like they just delved a little too deep and didn't protect themselves a little bit. And so the level of intentionality you have, people might think it's extra, but I think for longevity it's important. Because we've yeah. seen some amazing folks get lost in their characters and not come out okay. I always say that acting is actually a dangerous profession because we're using our real bodies, our real emotions, our real minds, our real intellect, our real perspectives. And, you know, the mind can cannot sometimes separate what's real from what's not. The body definitely can. And, yeah. The body and cannot so know. I feel like people underestimate um, the danger that you can run into when you're not carefully dissecting what is you and what isn't and being able to say, I can put this down now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I can put these feelings or this character, or this world down. And I've been since test pattern, test pattern taught me that it taught me how to put the world down, taught me how to step out of or step away from what's not me or how to be something just for a moment mm -hmm. and then be like, OK, now I'm done. I think I, I think you're, what you're explaining kind of explains to the audience why so many actors become super spiritual mm. because there's a you have to go to a certain place depending on the characters you have that you you're forced to kind of look at yourself like oh snap when this is over I need to kind of look at me and it's funny that you mentioned that you get compared to Angela Bassett because I always joke she's the reason I became Buddhist mm. I was like if Buddhism can free her from Ike it can free her from whatever I have going on and Buddhism taught me that like you receive but then it's almost like there's a hole like a bucket that's being filled and then it's emptying right back out yeah like when I do readings for clients right after it's done I erase everything they've told me oh me too like I, I cannot hold on to that energy or mm -hmm. I'm not going to be safe and it's so interesting because when I realized how spiritual you were I was like oh okay girl I get it now because mm -hmm. there's a, a light that you have in you that I don't think is just from the industry and your spirituality totally explained that for me I was, though, a little bit um, tickled by when I first met you and I've seen you go through different iterations of relationships. Yeah. And when I met you, you were married. Yeah. Then you went through a divorce. Yeah. And then you found love again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she kept her heart open. Yeah, I learned that from my mom. I was so worried. Because I was too. I was so. I was like, <laughs> I was too. Okay, Trust me, I was like, I'm was never like, getting I, married again. I hope we don't lose Brittany because your heart. Listen, was, you were so into that 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 marriage that when it ended, I was like, that's the kind of that's a death. Oh yeah, it was that. That's a death. Oh, I, I love talking to you, Blue, because you understand. Yeah. You're at the level of understanding where I don't have to. Um, like articulate myself so much, you just get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was a death for me. My marriage was. It was a pivotal part of me discovering a lot of myself. Mm. And like um, I, I told friends before, I was like, I wouldn't have been married that long if I wasn't married. Mm. Be, I was married and I stayed in that relationship even when things were obviously, I would say, going wrong. But who's Incompatible. Yeah. Incompatible, yeah. Because I really wanted my marriage to be successful. Um, and my mom had been married three times. And to be honest, I used to look mm. at that and be like, damn, my mom been married three times. But then there was this one day and I will never forget it. And seeing my mom's husband and how he is with her and how he loves her and how he's changed her. Just his love, his gentleness, his kindness. He's the most patient man I've ever gentleness. met. Gentleness. Can we please remind people that gentle masculine energy still exists? Oh my God. He's so gentle with her and just seeing like her in that space with this love I remember one day saying to myself wow my mom never gave up that oh, was wow. the change it, w it went from being like kind of judgy to like judgy like oh you've you been brave? married three times to damn you said fuck that I'm gonna I'm a try and try and try until I find the love I want and she arrived and she has 
a beautiful she arrived. love. Girl, you better stop. Okay. <laughs> I just start bringing tissue on the show. Whatever they gave us is hard as hell. And I'm scared I'm going to cut my eyes. But like, can you think about that? The fact that you as a woman had to go through that for you to humanize your own mother. Mm-hmm. So many little girls have these judgments towards our moms because our moms are a reflection. Yeah. And then we go through it. We're like... You just another bitch trying to get through life like me. You just trying to find love too, mom. And like, I get I'm it. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, I had to bother my mother for the same reason. I was like, yeah. girl, I am so sorry. I judged you. And I get it. And that inspired me to be like, you know what? I can. I don't have to settle. I could try again. And if I if I don't like, I've walked the fuck away. That's what my mom. Can we talk me. about the? <laughs> Look, it is what it is until it isn't. And yeah. I tell you all the time that love is unconditional. Relationships are not meant to be. Listen, that's it. Conditions actually keep us safe, and I feel like if you're in a, a safe relationship, you shouldn't have to do the whole. My love is unconditional. No, my love is unconditional, but you're going to keep my heart safe. Mm-hmm. Unconditional love doesn't mean you get to abuse me. Absolutely, exactly. That like, you can't fuck me and fight me. Like, I mean, fuck me, love me, fight me. You can't do it all that. Like, I want to put that on a shirt. Like, you can't fuck me and fight me. I got that from my coach. <laughs> my coach said that. She said, you can't, you have to, you can't have you to You have to pick a hill to die on, you. sir. Like, no. like, I need you to. And you know what's so funny, too, is because you were married to a, well, I, I don't want to guess people's gender identity, but you were in a queer relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all my guy friends have a, tr- a crush on Britney. <laughs> Britney showing up with this woman. My, like, my guy friends were devastated. They were like, wait, I don't understand. <laughs> so that mean, we don't, I was like, sir, ch- I'm not going to tell you which of my friends, but they were devastated. Oh, I'm sorry. And then I was like, what must that be like for you in Hollywood to be so, like, you didn't even seem like you had any qualms about it. You were like, I, this is my partner. I don't. And it's Tuesday. Thank you for having I'm, me. I love who I love, and I'm going to probably... I show them and I'm not going to apologize for loving them. Girl, that's a bigger deal no than you're making a theme. I, I had my cousin on um, an, an episode, I think a week or two ago, and she told me about how horrible it was when she came out to my family. Really? Yeah, she told me that my uncle punched her in the face. Oh my God. Um, my aunt by marriage, like, pummeled her. Like, I was, I wanted to fight the family after the show. I was triggered heavily. Because I did, because I'm not the person they would have done that to. If I had yeah. been around, I could have protected her. And I was like, oh my God, my family wasn't safe for her. And it broke my heart and I felt all this guilt. And then I, I thought about when I was doing the research for you and I was like, Brittany doesn't walk around with that. Like she's in these, this Hollywood space as a beautiful woman. I'm sure there's directors and actors who are hitting on you and you are just out here with your, your wife or your girlfriend not giving a damn. How did you even navigate that? Did you ever have a moment of, ooh, how do I tell them? Um, so it's kind of like, so a lot of people have asked me, like, has your tattoos ever affected your career or mm-hmm. stopped you from getting a part? And I'm like, no, because no. I don't think about it. Maybe it has. Maybe there are people behind closed doors that said, no, we don't want to cast her because she has tattoos. But does that affect me if I don't know? That's true. Right? And so I I That's stay in my point. space of being like, I don't know what these people feel about who I love and how I'm walking. I don't give a fuck and I'm not asking them. <laughs> All I know is I like this shit, shit. Right? And they, if I, they're with me, respect them. And if you can't, we'll remove ourselves. And that's it. And it's just like... Have you ever been in that predicament where someone has said something? Yeah, or, or I remember. Yes, I was at Terrence J's. This uh, this funny, this really just popped up in my head. I was at Terrence J's. I think it was like a some kind of pool party or something he had. It was a big party. He had a lot of people were there. And this guy came up and he was trying to hit on me. And my partner at the time was right there. And when he discovered that we were together, he got aggressive with both of us. And he he got oh. in my face and he was like, you you think you're a queen. You're not a queen. And I was like, okay, Wait, sir. wait, 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 wait. He said, you think you're, you're a, queen, a queen, but you're, you're not, not a queen. queen. And my thing is like, wow. I was like, okay, but you feel that way because you can't get what? 
out of me. Yeah. Right. And so it doesn't because you weren't there for his pleasure for his ego to please his ego. And it's like, that's actually not what God created me for in the first place. So my thing is like, people are allowed to feel how they want to feel about my sexuality, who I'm with. Don't cross the line. Disrespect me. It won't be a problem because I'm going to give you the space to feel how you want to feel, even if you don't like it. I love the spicy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, personally, you, you like the Sour Patch Kids. First, she's sweet. Then yeah. She's sour. I am. No, <laughs> I, love I, it. I tell people all the time, like, yes, I'm a very kind, sweet, loving. I am a lot of light. Yeah. I have an opposite side that is equal. Yeah. Don't play with it. <laughs> don't play with it. It's don't play so with it. Don't play simple. with it. That might be the, the name of the episode. Don't play with it. Don't just don't play <laughs> with it. Because I'm going to show up with this side first. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I have tamed a lot of my beast. I tamed Were it. you up there popping off in, in PG County? I've been in jail. I was locked up in D.C. for three months. Wait, you were in jail? Okay, wait a minute. On probation for a year. Whole probation officer had to go check in because I was fighting. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You showed up like an ethereal being. <laughs> like I have a tamed beast. Dressed in all green, yes. looking like Nia Long, Angela Bassett. And the whole time, you you, you had a goon I got sign. hands. You got <laughs> Girl, you got hands and feet. <laughs> I do. I tell people all the time, like, I'm one of those people where I walk down the street so confident. If someone ran up on me, I'm betting on myself. Yeah. Like, that's just me. I... I I just have that calm. I don't know. I don't know. And I Real hope G's I never get silent. tested. Yeah. But I will bet on myself. And it's just like, I, I realize now that I don't have to lead with my warrior no more. I can lead with my Buddha. Yeah. But just know I have a warrior in me. I, I, I feel like spiritual gangsters are kind of like my, my, my soul tribe. Mm. Folks who are very, very, me and Bridget have a, a mantra that I created for us called it's either peace or death. Violence is natural. Yeah. It's honestly natural. It's peace or death. Listen, if I got to be violent to save my life, I'm going to be violent. Yeah. I ain't going to be kumbaya. Let's talk about this. (laughs) You pulling out knives and guns. No, I'm going to turn the other cheek. You run out of cheeks at a certain point. I'm not turning cheeks if I see a gun pointing at me. No. I love that you give yourself permission to do that, oh, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to give myself permission to fuck somebody up if I have to. <laughs> you know what I, I love about you? <laughs> I, saw, I saw a viral clip that was going around last year about pretty privilege. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. You could have easily just been like, I'm cute. The end. You are so many other things. And I, I almost want to ask you, like, could you be friends with the girls who are only the optics? Because I could see them being very threatened by you. I love that we're talking about this. My um my life coach, she pointed out to me, it was months ago, I can't even remember, but she was like, You have a lot of healing to do with women. And I was like, I can see what I, I can see I, I, I can I can see why that could be a thing. And I realized what it means is cause I I don't like think about like pretty privilege or anything. I just like who I am and because I like who I am, I can like other people. As a person. As a person. Yeah, so I can walk person. in a room, see beautiful women all around and not feel intimidated. I don't want to compete. I don't want your nigga, your girl. I don't care. Hey girl, let's talk. Let's right. play. Let's vibe. But when I it used to bother me when I my energy, my love wasn't received by other women because maybe they saw me as a threat or a mm. compa- it used to bother me and, and I noticed how I started becoming like this person who put up walls and stopped allowing people to see just the joy in me because yeah. I felt like that love, that joy, that energy wouldn't be received when I walked into the room. And then I stopped apologizing. It just became to this point where I was like, 
if you don't want to receive me, that's actually your loss because you lost out on a woman that wants nothing from you and wants only wants the best for you. That part. And like, you may not know a lot of people like that, but yeah. if you want to turn your back or feel how you feel about me, cool, because it's actually not my loss. I fucks with me heavy. And I just wanted to fuck with you too. And that's okay if you don't want to fuck with me. Where, you know what is, I mean? where, where is the offering plate? <laughs> Can I tell you, there have been so many times I people like people are like Blue. How are you friends with all these super attractive women and don't feel away? I was like, I mind my business. I think they're beautiful. I, I, I think she's cute too. Like yes. I don't, and it's so crazy. I was just telling Bridget last night we were having dinner, and I was like, maybe it's because I'm neurodivergent, and I often feel like my spirituality and my neurodivergence shields me a lot. I've never in my life wanted to be anybody else. Yeah, I can't relate. With the, I've seen somebody have things that, oh, I would like to have that as well. But I've never in my mind said, I want to be someone else. I have. I feel really? like in what the did past, I, I have. When was that? I, I want to hear about that. I think in my early 20s, there was a lot oh, of... Oh, that's a funky time of life. Yeah, it was a lot of me trying to figure out who I wanted to be, how I wanted to present myself, and trying to like try on what I saw other people being and see mm -hmm. if it worked for me. And now I'm in my 30s, and I just, I'm just like, I'm just fucking... But what, I wonder me. the way that you describe it, though. It's not as sinister as the ways that I've seen other people portray it could have been your inner actress trying to figure out what, what outfits to put on like it could have been you just wanting to because you get to be other people as I, an actress you get to be a bunch of other people right now yeah but as a human being i i love the diversity and humanity yeah i just am i just love that i think what i learned now as a like a i'm 35 so as a 30, you're 35? 35. Yeah, good skincare. Let's yes. wear black those and crack I have a great esthetician. Give me her number um, so I got you. done. Okay. Oh, wait. You know her, Leona. Oh, my God. I love Leona. That's my esthetician. When I tell you she's amazing. Amazing. She's and she been my esthetician for seven years. She loves black women. Oh, yeah. She knows black skin. Yeah, and it's not performative. You no. Guys, you guys, Leona, we're giving you a shout out right now. She's our skincare, our esthetician. I know, and I have gotten a couple of uh, compliments in the past, and I've been like, yo, y'all need to go to her. And the thing about her is she is such a beautiful soul and she's not a woman of color and she's not performatively trying to be like mm -mm. hey girl hey I, I prefer people who are white who are just like yeah I'm white yeah I'm I like white. you too but I know about your skin but I, exactly I studied it. I stay in my lane I'm not centering myself I'm just mm -hmm. an ally so she, to me she's what an actual ally is I adore her yeah so Leona this is a shout out to you yes, shout out Leona. To, and her new scare care line just came out so maybe I'll give her a little I use plug it every in. day really I use it every day greater than beauty I use it every day Leona is gonna squeal when I Listen. tell her that we unintentionally just did a whole advertisement for her in the I, I see her tomorrow actually I'm <laughs> tell doing, her that she got a yeah, human eye shout out I am I see her every three months I, my skincare is all my skin looks amazing because of the, her so we're talking about skincare and self care I'm going to pivot right to my notes about um I want to talk about the spiritual stuff that's good you've been waiting to get yeah, to I've been waiting Did you, could you tell right I was yes, like, okay, let's talk about yes, the Hollywood yes, stuff yes. that was cute alright so I remember um, I think it was uh, the summer of 2020 and it was the height of the pandemic. Yep. I think you had just moved to Texas or something. Yeah. Why did, by the way, before I, I get into that, why did you move to Texas briefly? Because Texas is not part of your origin story. Was it just mm -hmm. somewhere to go to like get away from the crazy of Hollywood? Um, Actually, my mom moved. She moved to Spring, which is about an hour outside of Houston. Okay, got it. Um, I was, like you said, going through that divorce. Mm. Um, There was a lot of messiness going on at the time. And I just felt honestly extremely like lost and where I should be I was like I don't feel like I should be in California something is telling me to separate honestly too this is what happened as soon as the minute everybody knew I was single I feel like 
out the woodworks people were trying to well, get absolutely. to me, yes. right? You felt and the I, hands coming out I the shrubs. Felt, I was getting, hey, you want to hang out? Hey, you want to get coffee? Hey, da da da. And I, it was just like, <laughs> no, I don't. I want. It must be, be so hard. Brittany said, "I'm so fine. I had to leave California so y'all would get off my dick." No, you don't not, <laughs> not like that. But I just feel like I didn't know what people's intentions were. Your intentions were correct. Yeah. yeah, and I just wanted to heal. I just yeah. wanted to be by myself. I didn't want any distractions, and so like, I prayed. I prayed and I was like, God, I need you to tell me what to do because I don't know what to do. My lease is up. Should I should I renew? Should I stay? What you want me to do? And I heard this this voice that said, "Move to Houston." And I responded like, uh, "Was it the voice of Beyonce? Like who? No, you, a vo- it was voice said, "Move to Houston." I love it, that. It, I don't know. It was just like move to Houston. I was like, why? I remember questioning it. But my connection, my relationship with God, I'm very obedient when I don't understand. Yes. I don't need comprehension to move. I agree. When with it that. comes to like spiritual things. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have the comprehension, but I had the obedience and I just decided to leave and I left. And when would you come back? God told me it's time to come back. I love that God speaks to you too, because sometimes when I tell people that, they be looking at me like, "Girl, you hear voices," and they be look. I can tell that they, like they're judging me. And so when you're with somebody who understands what it's what it's like to have a conversation with God like that, it's really powerful. And I think it was around the time that I saw that you were moving that my friends were like, "Let's go to Joshua Tree and do shrooms." And the joke was, "Well, Blue shouldn't do shrooms because Blue is a shroom. She's not gonna feel nothing." Like that was the joke. They were like, "She's because you know I, I I'm very in tuned." Sure enough, took a lot of shrooms. Took a lot for me to feel something. When I finally did, though, um, my aunt had passed. Mm. And uh, when she passed, she didn't tell anybody she had cancer. Mm. So I was the only person in the family because I was in L.A. who didn't get to say goodbye to her. Mm. And we had our last conversation while I was on shrooms. Mm. Like the piece that I had been looking for and been crying over for years, I got it on the shroom trip. But here's the thing about people like me, though, like my tolerance is so high. I've never had a high like that ever again. And so I was like, damn, I want to do shrooms again and have... It never happened again. I've done shrooms like three or four times since then. I've never had that experience ever again. It's always just like, oh, I felt like it was ed- edible. It's, it is what it is. So people were like, you need to do something stronger, like ayahuasca or something something much stronger than shrooms because you're, I've had so many ego deaths mm. that something surface level is not enough for me because mm-hmm. the place is trying to take me. I already live. I'm like, I already live here. And then I saw what you had been posting about doing something called the toad. And I was like, now what the hell, Brittany? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Brittany, for a quick second, I was oh, like, man. girl, I know we spiritual, but what you doing out what here, girl? What you doing, <laughs> what girl? You doing? So I took some notes because I think it's fascinating when someone is taking ownership of their own healing. Mm-hmm. And I listened to a podcast you did recently with your beloved. Gorgeous. Child. Yeah, she is. Now both of y'all fine. This is so I know. She's so damn fine. It's a lot to look at. Y'all, mm. y'all are visually yeah, I'm coming to Taco Tuesday. Yeah, it's she's a lot coming to, to Taco Tuesday. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot to look at. I love y'all. <laughs> but it's like I could tell that she had a very sweet and kind soul, particularly when you guys are around each other. Her energy feels like she's very open to you, like she's protecting your heart at all oh, times. She's very protective of me. Which is the uh, uh, I don't want to say it's a pivot because then that's gonna sound like tea, but the afterwards you would come out of mm-hmm. it felt like salve for you. And so mm. I was very happy for you. And then I realized that she had done it as well. And can you explain to the audience what the toad is? Because they're going to think I'm nuts right now. Like, what the hell is the toad? They're about to think I'm nuts once I explain it. Anybody who watches this show has already had such a splendid <laughs> reality. So tell us what it is. So the toad is a toad venom. There's a toad, a Sonoran toad in Mexico, and it stays underground for about 10 months. Oh, wow. And um, its venom holds a chemical called 5-MeO-DMT. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes up underground, it's um, 
you know, the the venom is secreted from its glands. It's not harmful towards the toad or anything. And then that venom can be crystallized and then you can smoke it and that's pure DMT. So there's different types wow. of DMT. There's synthetic, there's all different types, but this is like the purest DMT. Grade A uncut. Grade A shit. Wow. Yeah. So, and it lasts for about, I would say 20 minutes. It could last up to an hour. I never heard of anyone's journey lasting that long. Mine uh-huh. usually is like 20, 25 minutes. I did mine right after my grandmother passed because mm. um, I was like, I was just not even myself. That was a grief I did. It was my first true experience with grief in yeah. a way that I can't even explain. It pulls you under. Oh, and man. you come back up and then it pulls you back under again. Yeah. I don't even think I came up for oh. like three whole weeks. I don't think I came up until I had my ceremony. Um, And then my partner... You know, she watched me for a year when I first told her about it and my experience. She was like, girl, what the fuck are you, the fuck are you doing? Um, but now here we are a year and three months after my ceremony and she just did hers and now she gets it. How, how did you feel during the ceremony? Because we're going to say that we're not telling y'all to do it. Do your own research. I think we do. I always say do research. Please do your own research. Don't say, well, Brittany and Blue told me. Like, yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> okay? Don't God, do that. God don't like ugly. Like, tell the truth. Like, yeah. you decide to do your research. But, like, how does it feel during the ceremony? Like, what feeling did you experience that made it so profound for you? Because mm. it sounded when I listened to you guys talking like... You had a profound experience. It's so profound. It's hard to articulate. And you spend a lot of time to articulate. And you spend a lot of time trying to research people who can articulate it for you. Mm. Um, because you just are like, what? what? But they say, well, my shaman says that, you know, the toad is technically not a psychedelic because when you do shrooms and when you do ayahuasca, you can still see this realm. You can still see other people. And see I your, got into an argument with the tree. Yeah, mm-hmm. see your whole here. body. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you do toad, no, you go. You're completely unconscious. You will not see another person, hear another person. Like get out. Like you disappear into the it's, abyss. Yes, it's the you <gasps> go through the void. Yes, like Girl. that. But there's no one there but you. Like I just say, it's like experiencing a death and a rebirth and. In between, you can meet God. That's what my experience. The... Let me tell you, uh, Humanized has taken a turn for the best. I know. This is I love this for us. <laughs> no, I love this for us. The show is called Humanized. We're all just human beings doing human shit. And I, I love the idea of you going through extreme grief and doing research about finding a way holistically to heal or to at least confront yourself during that pain. Yeah. I was, I honestly didn't, I just made a decision. I was so what sparked it so hard yeah like how do you even think like you know what i'm sad i'm gonna go find some toad like how do you even get there well my i have a really close friend who did it in november and honestly she asked me to do it with her for her birthday and i was like yeah girl i'll do it and i ended up chickening out Mm -hmm. and then um my grandmother died and because i felt like i i mean i'm a person that does rituals i'm on top of my spiritual work daily same it wasn't working. Hmm. It could not get me out of this grief. It it was it would not get me out of my grief. Everything I did, writing, journaling, crying, yoga, I, nothing was working. And I was like, I need something to work. I can't, I can't, I can't live like this. And it just popped up in my head, like, do the bufo. And then so I hit my friend. She gave me the shaman's number. I hit the shaman thinking, she, you know, she's usually booked out months she was like, I got to open it on Thursday and my mentor will be here. So are you available? Wow. That was God. And I was like, yes, I am. And I, that's, I just said, fuck it. 
That's, and I was very ignorant too yeah. of the medicine's power. Yeah, we need to hang out more because I be saying fucking stuff too, and yeah. then be end up in magical places. Listen, me, I am, <laughs> I'm a person that's not bothered by the lack of control that I have to have in my life. Like I don't need everything Same. to be in control. Like I like God being in control, and I just kind of follow it. Lead. I'm always fascinated by control freaks. Yeah, I've been looking at them like unclench your booty cheeks, friend. It's okay. <laughs> no, seriously, like it just seems like a very tight way to be. It's so funny. The other day, I experienced something that was very affirming because I feel like even how we're talking, you're hearing all the disclaimers we're naturally doing. Like y'all gonna think this is crazy. We mm -hmm. get it. It's gonna sound like hocus pocus. When you're a spiritual, magical wood nymph, like when you're just an ethereal being, you're very used to people who do not have any relationship to the other realm or the supernatural or anything like that to look at you funny. You're used to it. Like you're like I'm an oh. alien. Yeah, it's like if, if if I wasn't me, I might think I was crazy too. Like you get you get used to it. The other day I had a friend come over. My friend Cheech, he's he's engaged to one of my friends and he was walking past my aunt's altar and I got a, like a feeling of warmth that she liked him. I, I made a big altar for my aunt. And as he walked past, I felt this feeling of warmth. And I was like, Cheech, can you light the candle for me on my aunt's altar? He lit it up and like I felt this joy in my chest. I was like, my aunt likes his energy. Which is great for my friend who's engaged to him. Yeah. And so whenever he comes over now, he'll be like, hi, auntie. And he'll light the candle. That Like, they have their own relationship now that I was not expecting. That's beautiful. I know. And then, well, you know Bridget. That, that's yeah. his fiance. Same thing with her. She'll be like, hi, auntie. And she'll light the thingy. And I didn't realize it. I almost cried. I went to the bathroom and cried. They didn't know this. So they're seeing this for the first time. Because I've never had people who love me sign in and, and tap in that much with my spiritual understanding mm. I'm used to being the outlier and being the weird one and y'all yeah. just humoring me but to have people who love me embrace it so holistically it moved me so when I heard that your partner had taken part in this with you I was like I can't imagine how affirming it is yeah, no idea. to have somebody who's loving on you also like taking that leap with you what does that feel like is spiritual compatibility now like do you now recognize it as a thing that makes her even more amazing for you because now i'm like i want a partner i can do weird stuff with too now um i feel as though it makes me feel like i feel like i can trust her to take care of herself Mm. that's what it makes me feel like I that can trust is powerful. you to take care of yourself I can trust you that you'll do your own work I can trust you that you'll show up for yourself and I don't have to worry about holding you accountable or picking you up or that I can trust that because healers are used to having to ah oh, girl you just busted my head wide open with that one <laughs> no you can trust that she can do her own journey I can trust that she'll do your own shit and that means a lot because yeah. like you know, people do get comfortable being where they are. And when you're with someone and you're in a relationship and you're like, I want to grow, I want to grow. Yeah. And then you're scared to outgrow them. So you're scared to do the work to outgrow them. And then you feel like you're being held back. So you then try to take a little bit of steps to do the work. And you're like, come on, come on. And they don't want to come. And then you realize, like, now you put me in a position to choose you or me. Yes. And I don't like that. And like, I like that with her, like I said, I can trust her to do her own work. I don't have to choose. I can always choose me and there's you. You can choose me, you know, we can share each other. So when someone can do their own work, the love becomes lighter. Oh my God. It becomes so much like I can just worry about loving you. That's why I think spirituality and sexuality are, are interconnected. Oh my God. Listen, after Bufo, after you do the toad, your sex is, it's like having wow. sex with a body for the first time. 
Oh my god! Yeah. So we gonna talk about uh, you letting me know your shaman's information. I after... got you, girl. I'm being serious. I do my second. So when my my partner did it, I did a light dose uh-huh. to meditate while she was under her full dosage because you know this is her first time. She didn't integrate and do the process yet. Um, but I actually do my second ceremony on Thursday. Girl. Yeah. Yeah, we are gonna talk. Yeah, because I'm mentoring with it right now. No, yeah, we're we're definitely we're definitely gonna talk because I feel like the more readings I do, the more I'm speaking to people on the other side. So I'll be doing a reading, and someone's like grandfather or uncle or somebody mm. will come in, and I always didn't want that. I was like, I do not want to talk to the dead. I do not want to be like the sixth sense. Like, please leave me alone. But I realized that when you flex that muscle, the more you use it, the stronger it becomes. And I feel like I've been watching you flexing that muscle more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard that you were the one who did it, I think it made me more open-minded to it. Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm sharing with the audience because I feel like there are folks who might dismiss it or think it's weird or whatever who might listen because it's one of us. Yeah, it's really important, especially, you know, I looked on YouTube and it's not a lot of black people doing this. Of course not. I mean, my Mike Tyson is like one of the most like popular I really? guess, voices of this medicine because he's done it like 50 sometimes. He says a lot. Girl, you watch Mike Tyson talk about it. It's amazing. It's so interesting you said because I remember that something homophobic happened with Boosie and Mike Tyson was the one who chin checked him. Yeah. And he was like, you going to talk about that like, like the, to a kid I think it was about Zaya Wade. And I remember thinking, when did Mike Tyson become so enlightened? So that he actually. for a lot. A lot. He actually has a really good um, wow. YouTube interview where he's talking to Wayne Brady about it. And I think this interview is so great because Wayne Brady is like most people. He's like, mm, I ain't doing it. Right. So you get to hear them have this conversation and you actually get to witness Wayne over time through the interview open up to the idea of it yeah. just from this conversation. So I feel like after I did it, God kept telling me, like, speak about it. Tell people. Tell people. So you you, you people. got a calling to like be a messenger a about it, yeah. Yeah, and now I'm being I keep being called to it again, which is why I'm doing my second ceremony. Because for a year I thought I was like oh, I'm not gonna do it for a while, but it kept calling me. So now I have the second ceremony and talking to my shaman. Basically, I'm going down the path of sitting in on ceremonies and understanding the medicine because I don't know how I'm meant to work with this medicine, but. Yeah. I feel I'm meant to work with this medicine. No, we're definitely going to talk because it's so funny because Thursday is the only day this week that I don't have plans. But I, I I, definitely want to speak to you more about it because I feel like I'm in this space now where I'm purpose led. Mm-hmm. Like I have on several occasions left money on the table because it wasn't speaking to my purpose. Mm-hmm. And I like money. Me too. Girl. So I was just like, girl, you. Le- I'm with you. I like money so much. I was like, we've gotten to this point in the journey, huh? Mm-hmm. So as someone who is feeling free, I like how free you feel after you talk about it. And one of the things that stuck out to me is this all feels like conversations around ego death. Oh, yeah. Now, for those who are like, Blue, you always say ego death. What does that mean? Ego death means uh, releasing your subjective identity, completely killing off the subjective identity. And we know subjective means uh, personal truth as as opposed to objective. That means universal truth. Mm -hmm. That means forget whatever story you told about yourself, Mm -hmm. kill it off, and then step out and look at yourself objectively. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks cannot do an ego death because they are so married to their stories. Oh, yeah. Especially the traumatic ones. They, I, I, you know, being a coach, I've learned that a lot of people aren't healing or allowing themselves to heal because they are so identified. They identify so much with the stories of their trauma and the narrative of their trauma and the victim. They identify with being, like, the victim. And until you decide to release that part of your identity, the healing can't really begin and like 
it's hard to convince people to release that part of themselves. Like you kind of just have to ask them questions to make them realize that that part of themselves isn't serving them so that they can choose to release it. You know, I think, I think it isn't serving, serving them in a high vibrational way. I think the people who find very low vibrational ways to make their lower selves, their pain body serve them. And they don't want to admit they're being fed from that. Oh my God. You, okay. I love this conversation. <laughs> I can talk to you first. I have said that. I was like, yo, people know how to, get fuel off of that right mm -hmm. and they're using it as motivation so it's anytime cheap fuel but it's cheap fuel, fuel. Mm -hmm. and it's like anytime they feel unmotivated they find a way to basically use lower energetic energy to mm -hmm. push them like oh i gotta prove someone wrong or it's, it's why do you gotta hate somebody like to do what you need to be doing anyway yeah it's and it's so funny to me because i, I what i've realized is if someone really wants to evolve the easiest way to tell is to acknowledge their pain because mm -hmm. a lot of people hold on to their pain because they're crying off for acknowledgement mm -hmm. so once i acknowledge you and hold space and don't try to rob you of it now what yeah what happens on the other side of the now what? Yeah. Now, if I've done all that and you still want to be all that, that that ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm about my business. That. My Uber's outside. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so good at minding my business, girl. You know, because I ask questions, people think I'm nosy. I will mind my business in a heartbeat. Yeah. Because my thing is like, you have to, I can't want it more than you want it for yourself. Absolutely. And the thing I think, I could see you being a really effective coach because you don't seem like somebody who'd be pressed to shove it down someone's throat. Nope. Nope. I'm not even pressed. Like, I'm not even the kind of coach that, I let my clients come to me. Yeah. I don't be checking in, emailing you. Da, 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 da. I'm also a projector in human design. So the way my energy is ah, received. Human design. I think somebody, shout out to Aaron. No, not Aaron. Um, uh, Brian Henry. He brought someone over to my house who did human design with me. I think I'm a generator. Are you? Yeah. yeah. What, so explain I'm to me. I'm a human what, design coach. Really? Yeah. So explain what a projector is and what a generator is. So a generator means that you have a defined sacral. Um, it just means that you have sustainable energy, like consistent energy. You can mm -hmm. have the energy to do things, but you probably don't have the energy to do a lot of things like you might have the energy to do like one thing like a manifesting very selective. yeah very yeah. selective energy but you do have a lot of energy one way that you can learn your compass is you hum so your motor is a sacral motor i hum all the time and you always for go self-healing hmm, hmm, hmm. so when someone talks to you your motor hum is connected to universal truth so if you go mm, you already know the answer yeah mm. That's so wild you say that because I always tell people that, who are trying to figure out the difference between a trauma response and an instinct. If you are having a uh, uh, an instinct or something is resonating to you in a high vibrational way, you go, oh. Yeah. And if something seems off, you go, mm. mm. That's your sacral. Are you opening up or are you tightening up? And I've always just done that instinctively. Like, am I tightening up or am I opening up? Yeah. When you go, mm, that's your sacral letting you know either you haven't processed it fully or it's yeah. just not for you. There's a lot of things that when they're just not for me, I don't feel the need to over-explain. Yeah, hell no. I tell people all the time that over-explaining is another trauma response because you don't believe that I'll still love you on the oh. other side of a simple no. Yes. Like, I've had friends who, like, will say no to me. And I'm like, okay. And then they'll start doing the whole, oh, my God. And then and then I was like, I, I, I received the no, and that was fine for me. Yeah. You don't have to explain yourself. Oh, my gosh. And they look so stunned. They're like, no, but I have this explanation to give you. I was like, but I don't need it. I believe you. Mm-hmm. Folks don't know how to have simple truth. And simplicity is a tenant of emotional intimacy. It is. And it makes me so sad that so many folks don't know how to hold intimate space with each other. They don't. Especially men.
I bring this up all the time on the show because I'm I'm fighting for my brothers in my head. Mm. I want more masculine energy and more male-identified people. And I say masculine and male because you guys know I'm pansexual, so shout out to my family out in the DMV area. Um, I want the whole bi like everybody, whether you're on the binary or not, to know that like if you are someone who's socialized in any kind of way to have masculine energy in you, society has quietly told you to swallow your feelings. Mm -hmm. And it, it crazy when I was in DC, how many lesbians I saw who were still experiencing that even though they were women, but because if they were, I'm a stud, right? They were acting like they're unhealed daddies. And I was like, girl. <laughs> yeah, I dated I dated my share of women that just were unhealed in like that way. Men. And I was- and I was I, a badge of honor. Yeah, and I was like, what? Wait, wait. And I, I, my partner now is a woman through and through, and I love it. It's yeah. like not this aggressive, manly- like one-sided masculine energy that I constantly have to. And here's the thing: if you're gonna think like a man, ladies, think like a healed man. Yeah, it's okay to think like a man, but like be a healed one then. Yeah, it was. They exist. It, it's certain types of people where they do think like men, but then it's like, where's the feminine side of? I think we all need both. You, know, you do. We have to have both. We I have all both. need both. Well, I, I can tell when, when you were talking about knuck if you buck earlier. I saw it. <laughs> oh yeah, I have very much like very masculine. Very. I I definitely think I'm pretty balanced in my masculine. That's the most. I was waiting for a Libraism to come out. Yeah, leave it to a Libra to be like I'm balanced. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. For me, it's more about harmony than balance as a Libra because I feel like a lot of people think about the balance, but they forget about the harmony. Yeah, and um, I'm really big on like harmonizing. My biggest. Because I have been engaged to a Libra. I have. Oh, really? Yeah I, yeah. I know what it's like to be, to be, yeah, deep in communion with, with you guys. And I love Libra so much, but I realized that I could only, at this stage of my life, do with one kind of Libra. And that's Libras with integrity. Mm. Because sometimes harmony can be performative mm -hmm. and the integrity goes out the window mm -hmm. and I'm right behind it. Yeah. So how did you learn how to seek harmony while still keeping it a buck? You just said it, keeping it a buck. Yeah. Like, my my partner and I talk about this all the time. She says to me, I love how you don't hide anything. because mm, So you're involved, Libra, for real, for yeah, real. Yeah, I'm not the type of person, like, if I have negative emotions, I'm going to hide it to seem, like, positive and balanced. And hard. I'm going to show you my ugly. See, I like y'all who do that. Yeah, I'm I don't like show the ones you who smile on my face and talk shit behind my back. Yeah. A couple of y'all do that. I have PTSD around that, but you're the kind who keeps it a buck. Yeah, because I feel like I have this thing that I say to myself, and I say, God didn't make the entire day a day. He, there's a night for a reason. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes a wholeness in it. My darkness and my light both serve a purpose. So I, I embrace like them, them both. both. I embrace them both. Mm -hmm. And so when my darkness shows up, it's like like dark negative feelings are how I deal with myself. I deal with my fucking shit. Yeah. And that's what gets me back on the other side of balance. It's just kind of like dealing with it, like not trying to hide it. Not Like I was actually talking to a client last night about anger. And I was like, you know, saying how a lot of people actually have an issue with anger when anger is like an emotion that is actually useful. You don't actually have an issue with anger. You have an issue how you react to your how anger. How you respond and how you leverage it. How yeah. you respond to it. And Absolutely. I was like, that's what you have to tame is your response because the anger is, is natural. We're all going to feel angry. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel angry when someone does something that is disrespectful. Right. And you have to honor that anger because it lets you know that you don't want to be disrespected. All feelings are valid. All actions are not. Yes. So if I'm feeling a way, even if the thing I'm feeling away about isn't accurate, because, you know, shout out to the Virgos out there who love accuracy. <laughs> Just because something isn't, isn't accurate doesn't mean it's invalid. Yeah. Because it means that even though, like, perfect example, I always say this. If I think my partner's cheating on me and they're not, 
they weren't cheating, so that was not accurate. But it's valid that I feel like my trust for you is compromised mm-hmm. to the point where it would make me think that you were cheating. Mm-hmm. And so let's examine that. There's a roadmap in that feeling, accurate or not. And I think some folks, once you're wrong, quote, unquote, wrong, they dismiss everything that got you there. I'm yeah. like, no, I, I, I didn't get here out of nowhere. I also think that anger, anger is a facsimile for power, which is why so many disempowered people go on social media and feign anger. Mm. You ever seen that, that that fake outrage where people act like, I'm so mad that Obama wears, wore a tan suit? Yeah. So I'm just like, you're not mad. You I've been that person be in the past where I, I when I felt disempowered, I used social media to get it back. Get it back. I've been that person, so mm. I get it. It's and honest of you to admit that. Oh, yeah, because I, I'm on the other side. Yeah. So now I can be like, there, I feel as though when I've experienced the opposite of where I am now, I understand that the experience of that opposite was for me to recognize where I am mm-hmm. and recognize that I'm not a person who does that because I was a person who did that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love watching people show their ass from a distance because if I've done something similar, I'm like, oh, is that what I look like when I do that? Yeah, and then it, 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 I, I don't do it again. I show my ass plenty of times. When people show their ass, it is so good for me because I learn from seeing. I'm like, oh, that looks crazy from a distance. All right, bet never doing that again. Yeah, I think me uh, exposing my myself. I've exposed a lot of my mistakes. I just expose a lot of my truth, my darkness, and my light. And I just help. I just feel like it helps people understand like how to humanize me. Humanize. You know, we, we love mean? a good plug. And also, <laughs> I hate coaches that pretend like they're perfect. I fucking hate it. There are so many fraudulent... And I I'm, can't stand let's it. Let's get into it for a quick second. There's so many fraudulent self-help gurus out there who pretend to be perfect, have perfect days, or even when they have bad days, even that feels performative. You're like, girl, just say you're having a bad day. There's one singer, I'm not going to mention her name because she's too rich and I can't afford to. But if you, she used to be really cool and everybody loved her. And then she got full of herself. And if you were to ask her right now, what's your favorite color? She'd be like, the color of freedom. Like, she can't even answer a question without trying to make it a moment. And I'm like, it's possible to be deep but also, like, still be a human being and not, not take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Have a good kiki. Have a bad day. I think one of the times that I respect you the most was when you were going through your breakup. And you said, you know what, y'all? I'm about to get petty <laughs> for the next 48 hours. <laughs> okay? I'm burning it all down. Let's Yo, go. I was <laughs> and like, I wheeled. I was like, Brittany's a person. Yeah. It made me fuck with you heavier, actually. I'm sure you probably scared some people, Brittany, because you did go off. But, like, I went the fuck <laughs> off. And that, that's what I mean. Like, I haven't had, I haven't been pushed to that moment. So, but it was but humanizing. I, though. I'm very much like, yo, because I was hurt, yeah. and I feel like, yo, I showed y'all the the happiness. Let me show you the fucking hurt. Yeah, fuck around and find out. Fuck around, it was, see it was this hurt. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it was like, not only let me show you this hurt, but let me show you the truth of it because I know I'm about to get past this shit. Yeah. So here, here, here it is. What do you think is the biggest misconception about you? That's a good question. I try. Damn. Um, what is the biggest misconception? I don't know. I never thought about it. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times when people are in a space of being self-actualized and showing themselves grace, I always say that if you have accountability and integrity, shame is a wasted emotion because mm-hmm. it kind of takes care of everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think when people don't see you inhabit shame and be insecure, they assume that you're conceited. I think a lot of confident people, whether it's because of how you look, how much money you have, the way you carry yourself, they because if they were in that position, they would be. People mm. tend to project what they think of themselves. So, yeah. well, if I had, if I was cute and had me a cute little girlfriend and made this money and I was on the TV and stuff, I'd be conceited. So she must think they assume that you would carry it the way they would carry it. And so uh. people probably project a lot of their stuff on you like a blank canvas. 
Yeah, see how I didn't even mm-hmm. know how to answer the question because I don't think about it. I love that for I you. I don't think of I'm like, oh, what is... Healed people mind their business, know. y'all. I don't know <laughs> how I'm perceived or, you know, the con- the conception of me. But at the end of the day, like, I allow people to think what they want about me. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It's okay if you think the wrong things about me. It's okay. Yeah, you- I, I love that, too. I, I'm at the point now where I'm realizing that people who are like you are so used to hearing all this noise that when you tune it out, you're like, oh, it's nice in here. I'm going to stay in this, like, <laughs> yeah. people who I love know how to find me. That's yeah, great for us. Like, it's Nobody cool. else needs to know. I'm, I'm only worried about the people who know me. Yes. And, like, if you if you get the chance to know me, good for you because I... You lucky because it's know, VIP over here or whatever. It's great. I'm gonna love on you. I'm gonna pour into you. I'm gonna do what I can to to make sure that you know that you're happy. You know, loved and happy and all that other stuff. But I'm not worried about who don't know me and what they think. And I remember one time I had this situation where this girl DM me one time, and it was about I don't know. Some my ex had cheated on me, so she I don't know some some shit about the other woman. Oh, I hate when y'all do that. And I was like, first of all, why are you jumping in my DMs with this? But then she she made a comment. And she was like, you know, she made me think you were crazy. And I remember responding. I said, she can't make you think anything. You wanted to think that. So yep. thank you for showing me how you want to see me. Yeah. Don't come back over here. Yeah, because you're choosing to think that you just wanted the confirmation for someone else, but you wanted to think I was crazy for whatever reason, and you used a little bit of whatever evidence to confirm that decision. And I think I I started to realize, like, recognize how people want to see you. Yep, and be okay with that, but make sure when they don't want to see you how you are, keep them at a distance and just. Keep them away. I, I, I love that you were able to not fall for the bait because people tend to do that and as a way to endear themselves to you. They'll oh, be like, yeah, so and so, let's have a shared enemy. I, like, I hate how people try to use spirituality. Like, this spiritual trap game now is getting on my I nerves. People really, because people know I'm spiritual, so people think that I'm dumb and naive, that they don't think that I see how you're trying to use a spirituality to draw in my energy so that you can try to make a deeper connection on me because you have a crush. I'm not stupid. I'm a 35 year old woman. I wasn't born yesterday. I love that we're going here. Like, Ooh, we, we not open do that. the map. Having the Taurus and the Libra start telling. Me. <laughs> All right, since we're talking the truth, spiritual people. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, Brittany just told on both of us. We play stupid a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think if people understood how much enlightened folks play stupid to keep the peace and keep it moving, they would be embarrassed. Oh man, they think I'm dumb, and I. I don't even play stupid. I just don't say anything. I just, I just feel like but, yeah. but to them, they would, call, they would call that playing stupid. Yeah. There was a meme that I saw. It was a guy who was sleeping, and a guy walked in to, to rob him. And the guy was about to walk away and realized the man was awake the whole time staring at him. Mm. And he freaked out and, start, and started screaming and yelling, and he ran out. Mm-hmm. You were victimizing somebody, but you feel like the victim when you realize that you were exposed. Mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why I don't... People are like, do you don't have a filter. Yes, I do. I really told y'all what I saw every day. I don't y'all would be very uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh man, you don't want me to tell you what I see, recognize, and how there's I a can grace call in that. Out. There's yeah. a grace in that, right? If I can heal you, I can harm you. Yeah. And I think what's beautiful about folks who are minding their business and showing graces, I'm not thinking about harming you. I could if I had to to I, defend myself. Yeah, I can make you feel stupid. Yeah, I don't walk around figuring out how to make people feel stupid. Mm-hmm. I get nothing from that. Mm-hmm. I'm always telling my clients, we're teaching you emotional intelligence. If you weaponize it, you're an asshole. Ooh. That's not, that's not emotionally intelligent. 
I'm giving you these tools, but once you weaponize it, you're on the other side of the spectrum. You're not standing next to me anymore. Yeah. And so it's like, how do you use it? Because a comment and a preacher, same skills. Mm-hmm. When were you born? When was your birthday? September 30th. Oh, wow. You're you're a Libra, 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 Libra. Libra, Libra. What's your partner's um, sign? She's a Sag. Oh, so you, you're with the shits. Oh, with the, I like the fire. Pew, 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 pew. I like the fire. Okay, yeah, okay. We're, I'm learning a lot more about you. I'm definitely coming to Taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. You're going to text me the address. We're going to have a good I kiki. Y'all eat edibles and stuff. I'll bring some. Girl, I got shrooms at my house. I got edibles. I got I got mushroom tea. I got the albinos. I got everything. So what I heard is it's a party, okay? If y'all don't hear from me on Wednesday, I y'all just know have why. it there. I mean, it's up to you. But I I'm just the same it. way. I have a whole thing. People will come to my house and be like, hey, you want some tea? Hey, you want some shrooms? Hey, you want an edible? Yeah, yeah. You want to smoke? They be like, what the hell is going on? You can have a whole ceremony. <laughs> I ain't facilitating it though. I got I got my shamans on deck to call. Let me tell you, when I told you I want to talk to your shaman, I'm dead serious. I have like four shamans. I am I'm I'm ready for whatever comes next because I think I'm kind of uh, in a holding pattern right You'll now. You'll meet one tonight. Actually, you might actually meet two tonight. Um, nice. One is her name's Priscilla. She's a shaman that does mushroom journeys. And then I have my metaphysical coach. Her name's Barika. She'll be there tonight as well. No, I'm definitely going to be around my people. I'm all about having my healers and my coaches yeah. and my, because yes, I'm a coach, but I need to be doing my own work. So having my coaches, having my shamans, having my people. And like, I just like where I am in life now. Like, I feel like I've understood my spiritual path and I understood who I am spiritually. And I'm not the kind of person that has like a, I call it like a, what is it? Like a uh, a spiritual uniform. Yeah. Like if you look at me, you probably wouldn't think I'm into all the things I'm into or the, true. the energy that I carry or how I think. But that is, that is, I think, purposeful because you have to get close to me. You have to connect me to learn more about how complex and who I am. Yeah. I don't trust coaches who can't be coached. Yeah, I can't. That's interesting. I never thought about that, but that's true. I I've, I've had I don't actually trust therapists who can't who can't be therapized either. Like mm. I've been in spaces where I've been around other people who do this work, and I'm like, yay! I'm with my tribe, and they have the superiority that completely turns me off. Yeah. And if I call it a blind spot, the way that I would hope they would do for me, I watch their ego flare up, and I'm like, oh, you're leading with ego. We're not the same. Yeah, there's a lot of people who they want to portray this. Um, identity of being a master of something and I'm like if you're a master master, of self yeah but even if you are a master I feel like that's once you identify yourself as a master you are not motivated to keep learning like a student yeah there's a book called mastery and I think it's the same man who wrote that book that all you fuckboys love like uh, the 48 laws of power I hate that book oh my god I I call it the 48 laws of manipulation but we ain't gonna talk about that that book is so low vibrational but I think he might have had a spiritual awakening because then he did a book called mastery almost felt like his way of saying sorry 20 Uh years later and one of the things he mentions is that all masters recognize it's a circle so once you become a master you have to become an apprentice in another way yes so it's like self-mastery apprentice in another way another mastery apprentice in another way so whenever i reach a space of mastery i'm like okay i'm ready to be an apprentice again i have a saying to myself that i say a master is a consistent student exactly that's how i see it if i can consistently be a student i i'm a master if you are unteachable i don't i don't really want to hear anything you have to say even (laughs) if you're correct it to me it's fruit from the poison tree because i don't Mm. trust the intention or the weight of it 
the, on the uh, teaching app, Unteachable? No, I'm talking about the people that I've met who are unteachable. Like oh, human beings. Are unte- yeah, yeah, people who are like unteachable. I've met a couple people. <laughs> I was who thinking of those courses on Unteachable. <laughs> no, but um, the funny thing is, I know a couple people who I love and who are brilliant. They're so unteachable that I don't have conversations with them that they think I would. They're like, mm. hey, I know I'm deep too. First of all, I don't go around calling myself deep. Mm. I, I don't even know. I, depth is so subjective. Yeah. I just vibrate wherever I am. Now, I know what shallow is. Yeah. <laughs> if you put one big toe in, I'm like, I can still see the sun right behind your head, sir. You're not even wet. Like, mm-hmm. at least get into the neck. Mm-hmm. Like, get down into the neck at least. So people who call themselves deep all the time and pontificate and whatever, I tend to play stupid around them because I, I want to give them what they need. Your ego needs... To be the alpha right now. Yeah. I'm going to let you have that because I have it to give. I don't I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. Yes. And that's why I love about you. You're so unassuming. And then you start talking like, well, goddamn, Brittany. You to... <laughs> Girl, you want to come to the front of the class? <laughs> no, I see you. You a sniper. <laughs> Listen, that, that, that's what I love you about me too. You a whole goddamn sniper. I've seen you in social settings. You're yeah. Like, mm-hmm, and you do that smile. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know exactly. Is she a Libra too? I know exactly what the hell she's thinking. Oh my God. You never now would talk on the Kiki with on the ride home. Yeah. All right. So we have to wrap up because I just realized oh, the, man. the time is up. Is it? This was so great. This, re- this really was such a good conversation because I feel like the show's called Humanized and duh, it's in the title. But people don't realize how much stuff they project on folks. Mm-hmm. And my spirit is telling me. There are people who would love you and admire you, not just the haters. We talk about the haters too much sometimes. The people who love you and admire you, who will watch this interview and still find themselves pleasantly surprised by what false assumptions they might have made. Mm. And that's why I was excited about doing this with you, because you seem like someone who would be easy to make a false assumption about. And then you open your mouth and it's very clear who you really are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very clear. I want to thank you for trusting me, too. Oh, thank you for giving me the space to just. Oh, man, this makes me happy. Energy and show up. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm in the place now of like and I, I love where I am because, like I said, I'm very, very comfortable with myself. So I'm a I love like when people give me space to share myself. Yeah. My last question for you before we wrap up is mm-hmm. what are you working on now? Because all like as a human being, not as a, a show or a plug, you can plug later in a second. Okay. But, but like as a spiritual being, what part of you are you currently working on or tending to at this moment? Um, I'm a student right now. Um, I'm studying under a mentor with the 5MEO DMT. So nice. I'm a student of... I don't know if I'm learning to be a shaman. I don't know what I'm learning, You're to, learning be. to be. A I'm shaman. just, I'm just studying. Qu- claim it. She um, learned to be a shaman. I'm gonna yeah. talk to my friends. She learned to be a shaman. <laughs> so I'm learning at that. Um, you know, That's leading major. people, sitting in on ceremonies, and doing. I have to do at least eight to twelve ceremonies with the medicine before I can kind of decide if I'm. So right now I'm working on two which is happening this week my second ceremony so well, sure, you, can, you can call me as a third child because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in I'm, I, I'm ready to do something like that and I love that you're doing something that is so intentional mm-hmm. like they're not just throwing you in but they're giving you an opportunity to do it over and over and get it right are you excited nervous or how are you feeling about it I'm at first I was very fearful they say after you do the toilet the first time if you choose to do it a second time you're going to be more fearful than the first time because you, your ego already kind of knows like has an attachment to a narrative in, of some sort well it knows what's up it yeah. knows it's about to be fucking <laughs> out of here so you're like oh your ego is like oh but i'm also really proud of myself for choosing the bravery of this path and like just for choosing the path itself because like i like i feel like you know seven eight years ago i thought i was only going to be an actress 
I thought mm. I was only going to make films. I thought I was only going to be in Hollywood. Life. Yes. But now I feel like I realize that passion, my passion is acting. Mm-hmm. My purpose is the spiritual work. It's the coaching. It's the leading people to this medicine. It's the sitting in with people in the holding space. And I think that is more of my purpose that my passion kind of helped me find. You're the third person this week who has had the conversation about passion versus purpose. Mm. I feel like God is talking through you right now. Mm. Yeah, because I really do feel like writing is my passion. But I think the writing is just an entree point for me as a healer. And the older you get, the more you kind of find your purpose being loud. Like, yes, you can act. Yes, you can write. Yes, you can whatever it is that you do that people clap for. Why are you here, though? Yeah. And that's a whole different conversation. And it's kind of humbling. Yeah. And it's not something that makes you feel like egocentric. You're like, oh, that's humbling as hell. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy you're here. Um, I want you to also have time to tell people where they can find you and watch whatever you're working on. Is there anything professional that you want to plug? Um, I am. I did just get cast on another show. Of course you did. Um, She's paid book, y'all. What did I say at the beginning of this interview? I Hit did. it. All right. So what did you get booked on now, Brittany? Sure. I, don't <laughs> I, e- I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it because oh. it hasn't. I don't know if they're doing like a press release or anything like that. But it's it. it, it oh my God. If we could talk about manifestation, this is one of the, another amazing manifestation for me. And it's so crazy that this show I'm on it. But it's an amazing show. It's actually my favorite comedy on TV. Um, oh my god I'm so, okay yeah okay we're gonna talk right after this yeah. the minute the show's over we're gonna talk because I wanna oh my god I'm excited so I'm like I, I'm still trying to process and I'm on it but that's what I'm working on right now okay this is gonna be coming out um, in a couple of weeks it's coming out in I think mid-April this, this, this episode oh yeah and so hopefully by then there'll be like a press release or something hopefully you guys if by the time this episode comes out she's allowed to tell you guys i'm about to ask her when we stop <laughs> taping i'll make sure to put it in the description really please tell them where they can find you so they can stalk you and fall in love with you all over sure. again okay so you can <laughs> find me um my instagram my facebook and my twitter is all i am Brittany hall and it's spelled b-r-i-t-t-a-n-y um, so I am Brittany Hall and then my coaching page is Spirit of Alignment and my coaching YouTube channel is Spirit of Alignment. I love that. I always say that I do not like good vibes only. I like aligned vibes only. I love the word alignment. Yeah. Like aligned alignment. Whatever only. vibes are going to bring me to my greater good, even if it makes me uncomfortable, that's the vibe that I want. Mm-hmm. And it, that's not what's going to feel good. That's how I feel. I embrace discomfort. Yeah, you can't grow without it. You can't. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you guys can tell. You guys are like, oh my God, you guys need to have her back on. You need to come back on the show. I would love to. We have this thing that we call a play cousins, where we have people who come like every like month, every other month to like have re- recurring conversations. We're going to talk about you doing Please. that because there's so much that you and I could unpack that we have a shorthand mm-hmm. that I don't have with everybody. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we'll be talking about this stuff and folks will be like, what that mean, Blue? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'll try to get into the thick of it with you. You guys know uh, I'm so at Blue Centric. For those of you who want to do the uh, On That Shift Workshop, it's OTS20.eventbrite.com. And the reason why it's OTS is OTS stands for On That Shift. Mm. And 20 is because this is my 20-year anniversary doing this work. I know I feel old whenever I say it, but it's okay. Uh, time is a construct. And as always, please remember that we're all just being, we're all just human beings doing human shit. Please be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. So good. So amazing. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. 
Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of Her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric acid. 